What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Anti Up. I'm your host, Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronas. Oh, yeah, we are brought to you by Fantasy Alarm and the Sawdust Podcast Network. So thanks to them for bringing me and Adam together to bring it to you. Uh, Adam, before we get talking about the NBA, let's talk a little MLB. Um, not much fantasy relevance to what I'm gonna, what I want to bring up, but you know, it's just it's one of these things right now where we're really looking at this this shift in the mentality for baseball, and you know, trying to speak to a younger demographic, trying to get people more into the game, and uh, and what do we have now? Uh, yet another pissing moaning about the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, I'm sure you you saw the whole thing with Tatis and the and the Rangers, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So give give me your take before I uh, you know endow you with uh, with my personal feelings about what kind of a puss uh, Chris Woodward is. Oh, completely. I mean, it's it's a complete joke. I could not believe the outrage over this that they threw at the next batter. And even his own manager, Tatis, didn't even defend him. I mean, I thought that was even more egregious. And then he has to come out and apologize. This is MLB. These are professionals. This is not Little League. It's not even recreational softball where, you know, obviously there's a lot of runs there. But, you know, if we're up big, we might not take the extra base. We're still going to swing the bat. Everyone wants to get their stats. This is professional baseball. I don't care if it's 3-0. You're still playing to win the game. And this is a, one of the most exciting young players in the game who has been an absolute thrill to have on my fantasy team. Thank goodness I have him on one. I made sure in one of my last drafts in March, I said, I need Tatis. You know, a lot of it's where you draft. And I had the 13th pick, took Jose Ramirez, came back and got Tatis. And that team is cruising. He's exciting to watch. He hustles hard. And we're going to criticize this guy when we should be putting this guy on a pedestal right now and marketing him and showing the excitement of the young players in baseball. And instead, we have to deal with this bullshit. I think it's horrible. And here's the thing that I, bothers me. Say in that same situation, he hits a ground ball and he doesn't hustle and he just jogs to first base. He would get ripped to shreds. Like, look at this guy. He's not hustling. I don't care if you're up seven. You got to run it out and, and play the game hard. What a disgrace this young guy is. That would be the reaction. Instead, he's putting up great numbers, hitting a grand slam. And in today's game, I'm sorry. These leads are not safe. Coors Field last week, the Diamondbacks scored like five runs in the ninth. I think the Rockies just held on. I can go back last September. Mets made this ridiculous run. They were up 10-4 in the ninth inning. They lost on a walk-off by Kurt Suzuki. They gave up six. No, they gave up seven in the ninth. No lead is safe in the game today. You should play the entire way. And the fact that people are outraged over this, it's a shame, man. I, I thought it was disgraceful. You just keep playing. No lead is safe, in my opinion. It's not like they were up. Now, if they're up 18 runs, okay. He's probably out of the game at that point. Seven-run lead. You know, they could have easily scored four in the bottom of the eighth and five in the ninth, and they lose. And then what? We're gonna No one's even going to look back on that and say, well, he should have been swinging there 3-0, 3-1. It was a fastball right down the middle. He knew it was coming. So it's a complete joke, in my opinion. Um, it is a, a complete joke. I mean, even what was it? Was it the, the Nationals? Um, didn't they have like a they were up like 13? I think it was either the Nationals or the Phillies. They were up on Baltimore by like 
you know, like 13 to two or something like that. Oh no, it was the Braves. They were up on the Braves 13 to two. Uh, and then the, the Braves ended up putting up another six uh, in the seventh inning. So yeah, I listen, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I get criticized as being the stodgy old fart because, you know, I, I, I think to a certain extent, I think bat flips are, are ridiculous. I mean, you know, you, you want to hit a, a game winning home run in the, in the ninth inning and you want to flip the bat and you want to, you know, prance around and talk. Okay, fine. All right. You know, I'm then, but you know, if you're going to, if you're going to pop a meaningless home run in the, uh, you know, in the first inning, then, you know, this egregious bat flip is just, I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's showboating and I'm not into that, but when it comes to playing a game, uh, you know, and it's all about the wins and losses, no lead is safe, in my opinion. I mean, seriously, if Texas wants to sit and piss and moan about it, you know what? <laughs> you got the bases loaded against you. All right. Throw strikes. You th- you're at a 3-0 count right now. I mean, you- are you kidding me? Like, how do you get to a 3-0 count on Tatis with the bases loaded? I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to groove a fastball right down the middle. Is he not supposed to swing at that? Is he supposed to take that pitch? No, he just, he swings like he's supposed to swing. So, you know, while there are certain moments where I think that, you know, people go a little too far with the showboating, when it comes to a competitive uh, game and and wins or losses depend on it and teams do come back against some, we've seen some real shit bullpens this year, like real garbage. Um, Yeah, I think it was ridiculous. What I think what pisses me off the most about it is Tingler. His own manager turns around and starts to to side with Chris Woodward. Like to me, I mean that was that was insanity, absolute insanity. How does a manager not back up his player like that? I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. And oh, we talked to him about it. Get out of here, man. I'm, I'm this guy. He apologized. Me too. Me too. But he was probably forced to do it, man. Yeah, you know, what are you gonna do if your team tells you? I mean, I would have loved to have seen him say no or his dad to say something. Oh my god, his dad, you know, oh my god, his dad. Remember his dad when he when he popped like two grand slams. Two grand slams in the same, in the same inning. And wasn't it wasn't it both off channel park too? <laughs> I think it was. Like that's the that's the crazy part about that. It's wild enough to have two grand slams in one inning. To have them off the same pitcher? Like what? I'm almost certain of that, right? I, I probably, I think it was. I think it was, you know, but see, that's the thing also, though. Chan Ho Park back in those days, I mean, he was working off of what, two days rest? Maybe one day rest? Like, Chan Ho Park I, I, just started more games than I've ever seen. Like, he was like, forget five days. So he was probably a little extra tired there. But I remember that. I remember when his dad, when, when Tatis popped those two grand slams. Um, the dude in my, in, in my primary home league for fantasy, um, you know, who was like in first place at the time, owned Tatis and like legit was just ruining everybody with like with the trash talk ruining. Yeah, it was both off park 1999 oh, in Dodger Stadium. Poor Chan Ho. My wife oh, used my, to always own brutal. Chan Ho Park in fantasy. She always would own him. She loved him so much. I don't know why she loved Chan Ho. <laughs> uh, Fernando Tatis loves him, too. I can tell you that his dad. But uh, yeah. We should be we should be celebrating Fernando Tatis Jr. That, like the that's the problem with baseball. Like this is a star we should be talking about. I think I, I had the volume down. I think ESPN did something on him. I don't know if it was Sunday, but 
we should be talking about this guy more, pumping him up. They should be marketing him. Like, look, they have so many good young players in the game right now with Ronald Acuna, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Tatis. We got so many of these guys, and we're talking about this. That's the problem. And I see most people are not against what a Tatis. That's the thing that's crazy is usually you have, like, split sides. Most people that I saw on social media today were all pro Tatis. I see very few people siding with Woodward on this. I don't I don't even I didn't see a single person side with Woodward on this. Neither did I. Unless it's like unless they're like real old school, probably. But even them, I, I think, are just like, no, what are you what are you talking about? So it's 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 crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I just was so stunned when i saw it late last night and then more this morning uh on tuesday morning i was just like this is ridiculous man come on this is one of the top young studs in the game and off to an insane start stolen no the base i'm sure he's gonna get criticized now oh for i know third he stole, base. He stole third base with a six run lead <laughs> oh my god and what was the final score six four six like four. come on man <laughs> Dude, I almost pissed my pants when I saw that he stole that base. You know, it, it, it what was it? it was like the fourth inning or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that was great. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah, there, there's, there's no fantasy value to to the whole argument. It's just, you know what? I mean, if if MLB wants to know why why they're losing ground and why they're losing fans, I mean, I think that's you're right. They're not celebrating these youngsters enough like we're still paying attention to bryce harper and everybody just continues to think that that dude's a douchebag maybe that's the problem is that we've had too many douchebags uh you know that with the exception of mike trout uh that all of a sudden now it's with the youngsters everybody's kind of turned off uh from the youth they think they're all about the bat flip they're all about the showboating and stuff like that that they're kind of overlooking the talent so to speak uh and and just really making a huge mistake because People are going to leave this sport. I mean, especially when you think about it, because from, from a fantasy perspective, you and I, we love the long haul, and we've talked about this before. We're the diehards. We're always going to love baseball. But now you're, you're trying to bring in people into the fantasy world, into fantasy baseball, talking about, you know, it's a 60-game sprint and, you know, short season, and if everybody complains that baseball takes too long, it's a six-month grind, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, we should be enticing people here in a 60 game season. We should be showing them, uh, what we should be celebrating as opposed to something like this, which just, yeah, like you said, it just turns off people. It turns off you. It turns off me. We'll still come back to the game, but we're not the casual fan. So imagine how turned off the casual fan is when they see like, you know, Woodward pissing and moaning or, or again, Tingler, Tingler. Like that pisses me off beyond belief. You, how do you not back up your guy? You know what the worst part too was? Chris Woodward was a piece of garbage when he played the game too. He was like a journeyman, you know, uh, middle infielder. He didn't do anything. He didn't start. He was a utility guy. So now here's the guy who's going to be the biggest pain in the ass too. Uh, as a manager, get over it. Worry about getting your team better because they're they suck right now, oh, and that should be the concern. Yeah. Don't worry about the other team you should be worried about getting out so yeah it was terrible and they got to do a better job of marketing these young stars because there's quite a few of them uh they're exciting they're fun to watch and 
it seems like they're being held back. You don't see this in the NBA. The NBA does a good job of marketing their stars and people know who they are. I mean, I, that's, you know, Mike Trout is so good, but no, I don't know if it's because he plays on the West Coast or his personality, but he's not as well known as he should be. No, he's definitely not. I mean, look at the marketing that the NBA does. I'm not even an NBA guy, and I could sit here and talk uh, about, you know, relative, you know, to the, to the you know, casual fan. Uh, you know, I could still talk about players who, you know, you know whatever. They, they, they're they just marketed better. I know who they are. I can say who they are. Now, granted, I'm in this industry, but I even think that the casual fan knows a lot of, you know, who these people are. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but I mean, Vukovic, I mean, I, I could sit here and talk about him. I could talk about Nurkic. I could talk Jimmy Butler, um, you know, and I'm not even a fan of the game just because, you know, they, they're marketed so well by the NBA. The NBA's marketing campaigns are so good. Yeah, MLB's is crap. Yeah, and they're going to have to do it better to at least attract some interest in the younger generation. And part of it is the game is slow, and it's fine for me, but the younger generation, they have a very, very short attention span. You know this. Even even adults to a certain extent. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm on my phone a lot, always checking, but the kids forget it. And the younger generation, they're on their phone. They won't look up. I mean, their neck – is in a position where it's always looking down at their phone. So that's the problem is the attention span is short. And yeah, baseball at times can be a slow game, I think. And they're, they've tried to speed it up with all these rules and it's just, it's not enough. And I think they go overboard with it, but you're going to have to at least market your stars correctly. I mean, that's, what's going to help. You want young kids to identify with these players and feel a connection to them. We did growing up. I mean, we all had our favorite players. So I think part of it is attention span, which is going to be difficult for the game of baseball to attract that young, the younger generation, because they just they don't have that attention span of sitting there and watching a game for that long when the action is that that slow. All right, here we go. Let's go around the horn here. Let's do one player at each position. Most exciting young player at each spot. How about that? Oh, okay. Put me on the spot here. Okay. Well, I said I'm going to be on the spot with you here because I got to come up with them also. Um, we we can start behind the plate. Best young catcher in the game right now. Who, uh, who we're excited about? Who we're looking at? Well, um, when you say young, what age are we talking? Uh, dude, you could do prospect. Anyone, any- you could do rookie. You could do second year, third year. I mean, as long as as long as the dude's not thirty. How about that? JT Real Muto. He's not go. thirty. How right? Old? I mean, that guy's crushing it what right now, man. Was he 26, 27? Oh, he's 29. Jeez. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was 27. 29? All right. No, you got to yeah. go younger than that. Sorry. He's got a big contract coming up. Oh, can't, great. Can't, can't go 29. You got to, I mean, you know, listen, I could say Adley Rutschman from, uh, you know, the prospect for the. Uh, yeah, but he hasn't even been up yet, man. And we know what the catchers are. Uh, How about Wilson Contreras? Eh. There's not a lot of young catchers that's that are really worth are. exciting why, about. Why aren't there? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, Danny Jansen in Toronto. Yeah, Sean, I like him, but he's not done anything yet. Sean Murphy, he hasn't done anything yet. Murphy, either. I thought about, too, putting him there. But, like, am I excited? No. All right, okay. Listen, if you're not let's, excited, you're not excited. I get that. Let's skip catcher. Wow. What a terrible Well, position. no, we can't skip catcher. We got to give it to All right, someone. Wilson Contreras. How old is he? 
was he 26? Let me see. I'm asking you. Why are you asking me right back? Why are you asking me? I asked you. Because you're the, you know, you're the, you're Adam. He's 28. Damn, man. What the hell? He's 28. For crying out loud. He's 28. Be the guy. All right. How about Chance Cisco? Chance Cisco. You know what? I actually do like Chance Cisco. He needs more at bats, but Pedro Severino is crushing it right now. I know, right? How How about Keeper Ruiz? Keeper Ruiz from the Dodgers. Oh yeah, there you go. That's a, a nice little. Uh, I mean, I don't. Or yeah, or even Will Smith from the Dodgers. So okay. one of yeah. All right, so we got we we you know catchers sort of middling first base yeah. first base. Um, Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso, I will definitely I, take I mean, that. Yeah, he's exciting. He's a good good personality. I mean, I thought he was overvalued in fantasy this year. I said it back in January. We're doing a broadcast, the FSJ, and I'm like, Alonso should not be going in the third round. Uh, I liked Matt Olson better. We'll find out. I, well, I don't even know. I'm not even going to judge it on this year in this two-month season. Alonso started to pick it up. But, yeah, good personality. You know, had a great rookie year. So, yeah, I'll go with Pete Alonso. And I'm fine with Pete Alonso. Because what I'm going to do is here, I want to put this team together. And, and I want to make it our all what the F is, uh, is, is MLB doing, not promoting, you know, all these kids. Second base. Let's go. Uh, how about Kayvon Biggio? Yeah, okay. Perfectly fine example there. We can go with Biggio. We can go Tatis at short. Uh, yeah. And, and we can go uh, Guerrero, Vladdy Jr. at third, right? We could. How about, I think this guy's, oh, he's, damn, he's 27, Matt Chapman. Damn. All right. I, I thought he was some Matt Chabin, but yeah, yeah no, I want to, you know, we're thinking about the youth here. Think about the kids. Moncada. Oh, Moncada's a good one. He's 25. Are we missing someone? Um, I don't know. I'm like looking for some like rankings or a cheat sheet or something like that. That's that not bad. I mean, he kind of hasn't delivered yet, but I mean, it's still the infancy, infancy of his career. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Either Vlad or Moncada is cool with me. Yeah, Vlad or Moncada are, are, you know, good solid options there. Um, is there? I'm just looking through the the list. I, 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 yeah, no, so we're we're fine there. All right. So outfield is loaded, bro. <laughs> outfield, outfield is ridiculous. Go. Soto. Yeah, Soto. Robert. Mm-hmm. Eloy Jimenez. Yeah, Acuna. Acuna. Yeah, yeah. You can keep going. Well, so there you go. We got four and a DH right there. Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Ramon is, Laureano. Is it Laureano is uh what is he, twenty-five? He's young. Dominic Smith, baby. He's a, he's a <laughs> Dominic Smith's on fire. Oscar Mercado. Mercado got sent to the alternate training site, man. He's yeah. been a terrible this year. Well, dude, listen, Cleveland's got all sorts of issues on their own anyway. They do. They really do. They're they're, they're a problem. They are definitely an, an issue. What did I see? What was the rumor that I saw today? Oh, uh, Morosi tweeted out, well, what, what, what would it take for uh, the Red Sox to send Verdugo to Cleveland for either Clevenger or Plesak? Wow. Man, talk about Cleveland. Cleveland had such good pitching, man. They had amazing <laughs> pitching. They really just, they, they stuck it in the, right in the whip hole. Right in the damn whip hole, man. That was brutal. Brutal. Man, there are there are so many young kids. Like, how are we not putting this team together? Shane Bieber on the mound? 
right? Bieber's been ridiculous this year, man. It's been insane. Walker Bueller, mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty. There are definitely some great, great, yeah. There are great young players. So, all right, MLB, pay the F attention and market your players better. That's all we're asking. Just, you know, your Major League Baseball, do an ad campaign. Do you remember when they did Chicks Dig the Long Ball in the 90s to like yes. bring everybody back? Why can't we come up with some, you know, campaign about, you know, this just youth influx that we're getting here at MLB that's so talented. So talented. Mm. All right. All right. Before we start uh, talking some M- M- NBA best bets for uh, for Wednesday, I um, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, and say thank you, Monkey Knife Fight, for everything that you do. And uh, how about a little, uh, little information about them? Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, there we go. A little thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. A little nod to them. Uh, Adam and I have a... Uh, we're, we're recording a little earlier than usual tonight because we both want to get to this Trailblazers-Lakers game. So we're not going to keep you guys from your betting tomorrow. We're not going to keep ourselves from following through with our bets uh, for tonight. So um, let's get to it, man. Let's talk about NBA for tomorrow. Uh, let's start with the early game. Brooklyn Nets against the Toronto Raptors. Raptors favored by 11. Um, Over-unders, t- 226 and a half. The money line is all over Toronto at minus 715 in this one. Yeah, it's hard not to like Toronto again. Uh, the Nets just are no match. You know, they just don't have the defense. Toronto is a locked-in team. Uh, they're, we see Fred Van Vliet steps it up another level of the playoffs. So it is a big line, uh, but the Raptors didn't take their foot off the gas, which I like to see in the playoffs. So uh, I don't think I would really go heavily on this number, but the Raptors have done well this year as double-digit favorites. They're 4-2 and two against the spread when they're favored by double digits. So I lean towards them, and I like the over. All right, beautiful. I, I love the over. I mean, how many points? The Nets put up a ton of points. Uh, yeah, Toronto's going to have to do it just to keep pace. 
I like that. All right, uh, Utah against Denver. Now, Denver uh, it took overtime, but they won it by 10 in game one. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-unders, 217-and-a-half. Uh, money line a lot closer than uh, the Toronto-Brooklyn game. Uh, it shows the Denver Nuggets favored uh, minus 162 uh, for the money line there. Do the Jazz bounce back? Does it look uh, even remotely enticing? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, they actually had the lead in this game uh, down the stretch. I mean, they really could have covered. And uh, they second time in a row that these two teams have played overtime. They played double overtime last week. So uh, I think Denver's the better team. But what's disheartening is Donovan Mitchell scored 57 and they still lost. Now, Mike Conley will not be back for this game. I think they're hoping for him to be back in game three. Uh, but I like Utah getting the points here. Maybe they don't win, but I think this is a close game. Uh, so I'm going to take the points. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Donovan Mitchell, they call him Spider. Yeah. Now, is that like the Goodfellas Spider? Like, Spider, bring me a drink? I don't think so. I don't know where it came from. Thanks a lot. Sorry, I don't know. You're a big help. Do some research. Well, you don't know. Do some, yeah, it's not whatever. my sport, dude. It's not so my what? sport. What do you mean, so what? I could tell you other. I could tell you other players' nicknames and where they came from. Okay, that's a great skill to have. I'm sure it'll get you somewhere. Something. It's right there on my resume. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Right next to stand-up comedy. Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Boston Celtics. Uh, Celtics with a big, big, big loss. Uh, uh, injury wise, um, what's his face out four weeks now? Um, Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward, yeah, left in a walking boot on Monday night. Uh, so he's down, but Celtics still favored by four and a half over unders 215. Uh, money line leans Boston still at minus 180. I like the over in this game. I took the over the other day, it didn't uh hit, but it came down a little bit. I thought both teams missed so many easy shots, and you know, when you take the over and you're sitting there seeing these missed layups. It is frustrating as hell. Uh, so, damn, I see 214.5 somewhere, too. Jeez, yeah, I'm taking the over. And I like Boston. Uh, I think they're the better team. You know, Hayward is a loss. I think that's going to hurt in the next series or down the road. I think they'll be fine here. I know Philly kept it close, but I don't know, man. This team just seems out of sorts. And uh, B looked a little tired at the end of the game. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Boston here and take them uh, minus 4.5. All right. I like it. I like it. Last one, uh, Mavericks Clippers. Clippers favored by six and a half. Over under two thirty and a half. Uh, money line much heavier towards the Clippers at minus two seventy eight. Um, I mean, listen, they uh, they they easily covered the spread uh, the other night. So well, not easily. It was a sweat, bro. <laughs> Did they sweat it? The, oh yeah, bro. The, what game was I thinking? Oh, I was thinking that, about the. Uh, I think I. I guess I was thinking about the Raptors game. Did they sweat that that first one? The Raptors? No. No, 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 no. Not the Raptors. The um, what you call it? The uh, the dirty, dirty, dirty. The Mavericks game. What was it one eighteen to to one ten? Right? Yeah, and the line was six and a half. Okay. How oh, was and it? And they had and yeah, and they had to hit like a three late. So yeah, it was. I was sweating it. I was like, oh, okay. 
And I was praying. I think I needed – oh, because Beverly, I think, missed two free throws. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Then George hit a big three. And then they were up six. And it looked like for a second that the Mavs were not going to foul. I was like, foul, foul. And they fouled, hit both free throws to cover. I was like, thank goodness, because it would have been terrible if the Clippers won by six when I had it at six and a half. Okay. All right. So you like them for uh, for this one here? Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be on Dallas in this game because they're going to look at it and say, well, Dallas was winning and playing well, and then Porzingis got ridiculously ejected early in the third quarter for his second technical foul. Both were so soft, and a lot of NBA players were commenting on it too. Even LeBron chimed in on that. So I think the Clippers just didn't even play that well. Like uh, Montrez Harrell was rusty. I thought Patrick Beverly showed some rust. They had a big lead, and, and yeah, Porzingis wasn't there. That didn't help, but I just think the Clippers are better, and they didn't even play well outside of the beginning of the game where they opened up like 10 nothing, and they still won. So they're deeper. Uh, they're healthier now. Uh, Porzingis is listed as questionable with a knee issue, but he, he'll play. Uh, but I'm going to take the Clippers again, and I think this game goes over. It just – Fell short last game, but this stuff we're getting like the same lines <laughs> as the first day. It's so funny. Like these are basically almost the entire same lines. Like the Toronto spread one up like a point and a half. Yeah. The over under similar. Denver I think was favored by five in game one. It's now four. Boston was favored. I think it got up to six and a half in game one by the time it closed. And the Clippers are six and a half like they were in game one, and the over under was like two thirty. So it's like. The same thing. And like, are we going to see this again on Friday? <laughs> it's so, it's hilarious. It's, and for DFS, it's terrible, bro. We have the same exact slate every other day. Yeah, we it's do. the same slate same every exact other day. slate every other yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, so like I wrote in the value vault for today, Goran Dragic, how the hell is he 4,400 on DraftKings? And he crushed that. So I'm sure for Thursday slate, he's going to go up to 5,500 if not more. He's got to because, like, everyone played him. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wait, how's this guy priced at 4400 Like, it made no sense. His salary went down when he was putting up 30, 35 DK points a game in the limited minutes he was playing. So, it's yeah, it's just weird. So uh, then, all right, so, so if – because, I mean, let's face it if, it. if it's the same matchup, you know, same slate going through it, then, then I guess the question is is because – you know, when a guy like, you know, say Dragic has that, you know, that kind of a day and they're going to bump up his price, you know, as the series goes on, they're going to keep pricing up guys who are, you know, obviously getting hot. Where do you find the value, uh, you know, in this? Like, do you do you look to like a really cold player uh, and wait like two games for to like stay ice cold before you can get some value out of this? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the pricing. Um, like Toronto was very cheap the first day. And I think it was a result of them not playing big minutes in their final few games since they had it clinched. So like Siakam was like 74 in Vandal. So I haven't looked at the pricing for Wednesday yet, but I'm sure those guys are going to be priced up and it's going to be more challenging now. And we're going to have to find a couple of cheap guys. Usually I would say, well, the home team, usually the role players play well. Well, there's no home court advantage. <laughs> That's the problem right now. Uh, and that's why I think a lot of these series, too, are going to be shorter. 
is usually we see home teams stealing a game or two. There's no home court advantage. So I think most of the time you're going to see the better team win outside of Orlando Milwaukee in game one. Uh, that was definitely shocking. But I think you're going to see shorter series because of this. Okay. That, that at least mixes it up a little bit, makes it uh, a little bit more interesting. So, all right. So, so best bets here, favorites, your absolute favorites, what, over on the uh, Nets-Raptors game? Um Utah plus the points, Celtics minus the points. Or wait, did you like the under in that one better? Uh, no, I like the over on the Sixers Celtics. Parlay this baby, fourteen parlay this for me. I had a fourteen parlay on Monday. I know, but it was all money. It was money lines though. Okay, all right. So if you were to do that, what Raptors, Nuggets? Oh yeah, Raptors, Clippers, Clippers. Come on, let's have some uh, fun. I, I don't know. I'm kind of lean the Jazz, man. I kind of feel the Jazz are going to win. All right, but so I don't feel good enough about it to put it in a parlay, though. I'm going to put it in a parlay now. Let's go Jazz plus three and a half. We'll do the, we, we'll do the money line on, on Toronto. That's just too easy. Yeah. Right? Money line on Toronto. We'll do the, uh, the Jazz plus three and a half. Um, Celtics, uh, Sixers. Did we like the under on that one? You said over. you saw it. If, you like the over? I mean, yeah. You said you saw it at two fourteen and a half. So yeah, o- over on that one. And then uh, what do you want to do? Clippers money line. Clippers given points. Clippers money line. Clippers Although money the line. the odds are not great on that. That's the problem. But the odds on what on a, on that part on a money line? Yeah, I mean it's not. It's they're they're heavily favored. But if you parlay it, you know that's what I'm saying. Parlaying it. Yeah. I, I'm not. You know. I just should, put, I put the Toronto Raptors money that line that often, in there. You shouldn't do parlays that often for those listening. It can lead you down a dark road. <laughs> <laughs> they can't look. I there was a stretch in February where I was really hot, right? And so I said it was house money, and I kept doing it. Uh, but like today, and I, I didn't do a parlay on Tuesday. I'm glad I didn't because you know who I would have had in the parlay? The Bucks money line easily, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like sometimes when you think, oh, it's so easy. Like I had a three like I don't know MMA that well, but I said, all right, let me throw in a a parlay, a three fighter parlay. I had the underdog win at plus 230. You know what cost the parlay? The minus 250 favorite, the highest favorite of the three cost me the parlay. But I did have the underdog separate. I didn't even realize this. So I did I did a three fighter parlay on DK Sportsbook. And then I took the underdog solo on Fandle. I didn't even realize it till today. I was going through my bet history and I'm like, wait a second. Oh my God, I had the underdogs. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is nice. So that's the one good thing. When you have, you should try and, if you're really strong about something and you're only doing a parlay, if there's like one you feel really strongly about, do a separate side bet on that because it's the worst thing is, oh, I had this underdog at plus 240, but I had it in a parlay and I didn't cash on it. Put it separate, so at least you make some profit on it. There you go. Wise words from Adam Ronis. All right, that's going to do it for us here today at Anti Up. Get your best bets in. Check out all of Adam's stuff over at FantasyAlarm.com as well. Listen to him on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio as he punks Fensty, Justin Fenstman, on a regular basis, Tuesday through Thursday. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff all around. 
thanks for your time. Hey, how about this? Go Blazers, right? Can we say go Blazers? You can, yeah. I mean, they're an exciting team right now. They're the hot pick that everyone wants to see. Uh, the Lakers obviously did not play well in the bubble. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a LeBron hater like many people. It's hard for me to root against them. And I really want to see Lakers Clippers, but I love Damian Lillard. And Portland's a great story. So I wouldn't be upset if they won. Actually, I would because I didn't put money on them to win the series. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've been and I've been riding them like they have probably have, have been in my best bets, maybe the most this year, or at least over the last couple of weeks. Like I've been all over Portland all the time. Uh, so I feel like they're my adopted kid. Uh, but I love Damian Lillard and Nurkit. They're a fun team, man. They're a fun team. They're not good defensively, and that's my biggest concern. Uh, but they are a fun team. And I, I've said it for months now. Like, they were the one team that could be really dangerous. If you ask – like, I think they're better than a lot of the teams seated ahead of them. I I agree. I definitely agree. They're definitely not an eight seed. They're not. Not even close. And, you know, Yusuf Nurkic was out. He just – you know, his first games are in the bubble. So – that's been an addition that's changed their team uh, because now they've put Whiteside on the bench. And Whiteside had a great year statistically, but uh, there's a lot of things on the floor he does not do well. So uh, it would be, it would be, well, it would be, boy, the Lakers would get so much heat if they lost this series, man. LeBron would just get crushed. And that's the one problem. Like, I feel like people are all over LeBron too much to begin with if he lost this series. I mean, people would be like, oh, his legacy. I mean, that's the one thing that would really irk me is if they lost this. LeBron would just get slaughtered by all his haters out there. That is true. That would kind of bum me out, too, because I do like LeBron. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think it was the movie Trainwreck. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah it was good. He was great in that, right? He was hysterical. Yeah. Just deadpan in the whole thing. What's your intentions with my boy? Oh, come on. Love that. All right. Well, we're going to go check out Blazers Lakers uh, and go and enjoy that. Best of luck to you guys and your best bets tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this right now. I got to start using the days of the week, Adam. You got to retrain me, man. I, I'm getting lax. I'm getting lax. Uh, but again, thanks to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Thanks to Sawdust. Thanks to Fantasy Alarm. This has been Andy Up. I'm Howard Bender for Adam Ronis. We'll catch you next time.